Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Football season. Don't believe me? Turn on your TV tonight. You got the National Football League. Two of what I think are the most more underrated teams in the NFL are going to take on each other in Cincinnati. Who day? The Cincinnati Bengals welcoming in the Baltimore Ravens. Now that one on the NFL Network later on this evening. Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, each equally maligned at times by their own fan bases and by many other fan bases. 
We'll preview that one for you. Upcoming, give our picks as well. As uh, last week, all told, all told, four and two in our National Football League picks. Um, Thursday night football was who? We we didn't factor in Thursday night football last week. Last week, our Thursday night kickoff game was Falcons Eagles, and so I believe that one I actually missed on. And I, yeah, I picked the Eagles. Uh, I picked the Eagles, and uh, the Eagles, uh, much the same as the divisional playoff game, came up just short. All right, let's. Uh, Look, when we start to prepare for a weekend, everyone says something about somebody else that they're going to play in usually more glowing terms. That's why the Jalen Ramsey trash talk is made even more prominent and becomes much more headline worthy because Jalen Ramsey talking trash is the exception, not the norm. The norm is what we've seen in New England where you give uh, respect even when it's not due to the other team's players, the other team's coaching staff, and the other team's quarterback. That doesn't mean that Doug Marone isn't any good as a coach. It doesn't mean that his defense and his overall team isn't good. But when Bill Belichick talks about how good he thinks they are at quarterback, most of us go like, yeah, that's like a Lou Holtzism. A really good quarterback. I tell you what, they big boys is outstanding, right? So you have to take things that are said with a grain of salt or maybe with a whole pallet of salt. In their preparation for the Cleveland Browns, Drew Brees had some glowing praise for number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Take a listen. I think he can be a lot better than me. Man, he's got all the tools. He's more athletic. He probably can run around better. He's got a stronger arm. I'll give Baker Mayfield advice if he asks for it. I'll give Baker Mayfield advice. He's got a stronger arm. I guess the first question would be, how would you know? Right? How would you know until you actually saw it? And the saying stronger arm is one of the untold stories of the National Football League. Drew Brees in a dome. 311 passing yards per game. Drew Brees touchdown to interception ratio in a dome. 2.47 yards. His completion percentage is 69.2%. His QBR is 102.9. His record in a dome is 72 and 48. He's played 120 games in a dome. Played 121 games out of a dome. His touchdown to interception ratio is 1.87, far lower. He passes for 60 yards less a game, 251. His completion percentage is five percentage points lower at 64.7. And his QBR is 10 points, excuse me, 12 points lower at 90.9. He's played 121 or just one more game out of a dome. And his career record, this is San Diego and New Orleans combined, is 65 and 56 out of a dome. Instead of overreacting to him giving praise towards a player he's never been on the same field with, which of course is what everybody does in the NFL. It's Drew Brees letting you in on a little secret that's not so much a secret in the NFL. If you can cut out the wind, if you can cut out the weather, you can make an average quarterback into a Hall of Fame quarterback. Then you factor in that Drew Brees is pretty good, but his biggest weakness had been arm strength and size. And he overcame size with the unique way in which he he angles his head and how he looks up before he throws. But if you can overcome those two factors and 
do- the dome effect does, you got a chance to be an all-timer. It's one of the hard things about Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is a Hall of Fame quarterback when he played indoors in St. Louis, in the Super Bowl, and in Arizona. When he played in open air in New York, he was a disaster. Disaster. Even Peyton Manning, his QBR is five uh, is five points lower. His touchdown to interception ratio is far lower. And his record is far inferior. And he played 136 games outdoors. And that's not even factoring in. He played essentially in a uh, arm booster his last five years playing in Denver. Which boosts your production because it, it hides your weak arm because of altitude. When people say that the New Orleans Saints are a dome team, some of it is how their defense is built. Some of it is how their offense is built. But most of it is Drew Brees can't play outdoors in comparison to how he plays indoors. And then you circle back around to Baker Mayfield and you start to realize that in the AFC North, there are no domes. Every game you play is going to be played in open air. The furthest south you go is in Baltimore. At least in the AFC East, where you're in terrible weather with Buffalo and the Jets and the Patriots, at least they have Miami on the schedule. You're talking about Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Wind, a factor. Rain, a factor. And teams built with the idea that wind and rain will be a factor. Look around the NFC North. You tell me the diminutive quarterback who's made it. Russell Wilson is the only one who has played in semi-bad weather. And yes, it's rainy in Seattle, but it's not considered to be a windy stadium. And then the other teams in his division now, you used to have St. Louis in the Dome, where his teams would struggle, but in the Dome. You have Arizona in the Dome. You got San Francisco, which is a tough surface to play on, but the weather's never bad. You got two six-foot-ish quarterbacks. One has benefited from playing in a dome. The other one has huge hands and a huge arm and was statistically really efficient and great at making plays, but was protected by a good running game and by a great defense. I'm not trying to diminish Russell Wilson or diminish Drew Brees. I'm trying to tell you the true story. So I think on, I think, look, the, the story is out there. Everyone is concerned about Baker's arm strength and his athleticism and that arm strength and athleticism playing outdoors in the AFC North. And Drew Brees saying, hey, he could be better than me, doesn't mean he is better than him, doesn't mean he's actually seen him play live, and it also points out that Drew Brees even knows his arm isn't the strongest in the world. It's covered up by the fact that in the NFC South, he plays at home in a dome, he plays in Carolina, in Tampa, and in Atlanta, also in a dome. Dome effect's real. Where you play affects how you play and how efficiently you can play. It's also one of the things that commands the respect of so many, what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been able to do. It's not just that they have great arms and great talent, but they've been able to do it in two of the worst weather spots in the NFL. I I talked to a kicker a couple weeks ago, and he was like, man, if I could just get to a dome, He's an out-of-work kicker. He's like, if I could just get to a dome. Because then it just comes down to can you kick? You don't have any of those bad luck kicks. 
and you get one bad luck kick or two bad luck kicks in a game and suddenly you lose confidence, you start questioning yourself. Quarterbacks are much the same. Dak Prescott, it wasn't terrible weather, but it wasn't great weather in Carolina last week in comparison to playing in the Dome. Playing in a Dome hides many of your warts. Ask Drew Brees. He knows it. He may not be willing to say it, but he says it in so few words. Coming up next. Remember when LeBron James had the world's greatest memory? Remember that? Uh, Sean McVay made him look like a guy who couldn't remember what he had for lunch earlier today. I'll prove that to you upcoming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Remember when LeBron James said this when he was asked about a possession during the NBA Finals? First possession, we ran him down all the way. The two on the shot clock, Marcus Morris missed a jump shot, followed it up, He got they got a dunk. Uh, we came back down, we ran a set for Jordan Crawford, I mean Jordan Clarkson, and he came off and missed it. They rebounded it, and we came back on the defensive end, and we got a stop. They took it out on the sideline. Jason Tatum took the ball out, threw it to Marcus Smart in the short corner. He made a three. We come back down, missed another shot, and then um, Tatum came down and went 94 feet, did a roll step, and made a right-hand layup timeout. There you go. Right, he's in the business. Oh my God, he's the smartest human being on earth. Well, Sean McVay was on Chris Sims' podcast, and uh, they had this back and forth. Week twelve, Saints at Rams, four twenty-nine in the second quarter, second and seven on the Saints seven. What happens? Oh, Josh Reynolds touchdown off schedule play versus a three man rush. You're absolutely are right. Are you kidding me? You're unbelievable. Like now we are going to go to Sean McVay's time in Washington. Oh, no. So we're bringing like it. it back to 2015, week seven. Bucks at Skins. Yep. Second and seven on the Tampa Bay 24. 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. <laughs> Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. Set up the first down, and then how did that drive end? Jordan Reed touchdown and a four by one individual ISO slant. And what meme was that game? You like that. <laughs> He's good. He's real good. Huh? It was that's kind of next level stuff. What did I say? Jog my memory, what I said at the time, Rhyme Music. That there are many other high-level athletes across many different sports and coaches that have that same type of memory recall that LeBron James had in it. Although in the general scheme of everyday people, it is something that is remarkable. When you get to the upper level of professionals, it is Absolutely not that uncommon. Correct. That, that's wow. That's really good. Actually, your memory is really, really good. I'm not sure if you rolled it back, but that's essentially what I said. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that LeBron James and his his attention to detail and his memory is not outstanding. It is. There's a couple things. One, we also we we don't most people don't actually know what a photographic memory is. They think a photographic memory is what LeBron James displayed. LeBron James may have a photographic memory, but he did not display a photographic memory as he had, had, as he had complete recall of the starting sequence of the game. A photographic memory is all of that. And, oh yeah, by the way, 
Uh, there was a lady in the third row, row wearing a red shirt holding a Coke cup, and she had on some glasses. The eyeglasses were brown. You know, the sneakers that Jason Tatum had were white with black with red stripes on them. A photographic memory is people have the unique ability to close their eyes and see a photograph, which is a little bit closer to what Sean McVay was able to show because the memories were so far etched and it felt like he was taking you back to the exact play. But even that is not the true photographic memory. It's just a really, really, really good memory. But the the most important takeaway is I know you're blown away by it. I get it. You're like, man, I lost my car keys. Guess what? It's a good chance LeBron James and Sean McVay could also lose their car keys. Just because you have a great memory for sports does not mean you have a great memory for everything. It doesn't. My late father, he can tell you about every kid he ever recruited to play AAU basketball, to play college basketball. He was a college basketball coach for 19 years. Every single one could tell you where, what Jimmy saw him in. They're amazing. But, I mean, he, he couldn't remember his car keys, his checkbook. Um, I've told people many times over that he would go to put gas in the gas tank and then drive off with the nozzle still in the car. Happened three different times. So it, it does happen. But high-level thinkers in sports, what I like about it is I think you're, most people have moved off the as a dumb jock. I think most people believe he's moved off the he's a dumb jock. For anybody, black, white, or otherwise. But what I don't like is that we do have a tendency to believe that these are the exceptions. At least in my world, most coaches I know close their eyes and they can tell you about a substitution they made, a timeout they called, what play they ran, how the defense played them, and football and baseball and basketball and players are no different. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, let's welcome in Greg Cosell from NFL Films. does an amazing job teaching us things that only, uh, only the true pros can see because they watch and break down the All-22s. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I want to start with Sam Darnold. We saw him on Monday Night Football, and of course the whole world fell in love with Sam Darnold and said, the Giants made a mistake, the Browns <laughs> made a mistake. I've been saying, I, I NFL people told me he was the best prospect. I saw from my own eyes his leadership capabilities and his ability to make plays down the field, moving and manipulating the pocket at USC. But now that you've seen the film against the Detroit Lions, what does it say about Sam Darnold? Only one start into his career. Well, I guess, Doug, you didn't talk to the Browns NFL people. Because I guess <laughs> they didn't think Sam Darnold was the best prospect. Um, you know, it was, it was an interesting game because I thought the Jets, and this is where coaching comes in, and coaching is so important when it comes to quarterbacks. They did such a good job of keeping it basic for him. They did route concepts and design that define the throws within rhythm, uh, screen concepts, quick play action concepts. But what I thought Doug Darnold did really well was I thought he showed patience in the pocket, which young quarterbacks often don't do, particularly ones that can move. He showed patience in the pocket, and he had a very good sense of where his bailout throws were. So if he felt that he was in trouble, he knew where to get rid of the football. And that's really important because that prevents negative plays. Greg Cosell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Having watched that film, how much was Stafford to blame 
for uh, for those offensive miscues. And there's there's some that say, hey, look, the Jets knew what was coming. They didn't change their hand signals. You know, some of the Jets said, like, look, they didn't change their audibles. Uh, how much of it falls, though, on Matt Stafford? Well, you know, we don't know what those kinds of things. You know, people can say anything after a game. I think what I thought the Lions were going to try to do, which they did not do in that game, because essentially that game was relatively close most of the way, was they talked all off season about more balance, about running the ball, about less uh, dropbacks for Stafford, because as good as Stafford is, and he throws the ball as well as any quarterback in the league, it's very difficult to ask your quarterback with an offensive line that's a little reworked to drop back as many times as he did. And he can have great games, no question. He did not throw the ball well in that game, but that team has zero offensive balance right now, and that's something they clearly have to work toward. Pat Mahomes uh, seemingly lit the world on fire. I mean, I, I think he was helped out by, one, having an incredible play caller, and then the speed that that entire team has, especially Tariq Hill, who dominated that game from kick return to finish. What did you see from Mahomes on film? Yeah, I, I think that you, you hit it right on the head. I think when Andy Reid faces a defense that is relatively predictable. And predictable is not necessarily bad if you execute at a really high level. We saw that for years with the Seahawks. Uh, and, and now it's Gus Bradley from the Seahawks with the Chargers. And the defense is relatively predictable. Andy Reid is so good at designing route concepts and combinations to break that down, which he did well in that game. And that really defines throws for Pat Mahomes. He made a couple of really good throws. He made a couple of reckless throws that worked out for him. And I think that's something we'll have to watch as we go forward. And then they were extremely innovative in the tight red zone, which, of course, added to his numbers and fantasy people are happy. But those were really innovative concepts that I think you'll see more teams use because red zone, and this is not profound, Doug, as you know, but unfortunately a lot of teams get in the red zone and don't score touchdowns. I think you'll see more teams with innovative concepts to get in the end zone. Like the Atlanta Falcons? Is that what you're talking about? The, you, you call uh, the Atlanta Falcons by name? I, I don't think I mentioned that, but as long as you did, there was a perfect example because the, for three or four plays in a row, they faced an Eagles zone coverage concept, almost an umbrella zone concept. And when you face something like that, you have to o- overload it. You have to get two or three players in a route concept in one zone so you put that defender in conflict. They did not do that. They simply ran vertically right at the zone defenders, and then you're just counting on them theoretically winning, but the space is so condensed it's very hard to do that. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I felt like I felt like watching, and again, I don't have the depth of knowledge, nor do I have the ability to watch the All-22 the way that you did. I felt like Deshaun Watson was a little disappointing, mostly with his accuracy. Like I, 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 I felt like I remember him being a little bit more accurate, and even though he's had to rework his body with the second ACL tear, the accuracy should have been better. Am I misremembering who Deshaun Watson is, or was he? Well, has he always been this inaccurate? It's really interesting that you say that, because I, I went through about a month ago every one of his dropbacks from a year ago, just kind of refresh my memory, uh, and his numbers last year, based on my film study, were better than his overall performance. Now, he was very good as a rookie, because he was a rookie, so you have to give him a ton of credit for his overall performance, but he's a little bit reckless, he's a little bit undisciplined, he's not quite as accurate as people might remember, and that's something he must work on, because at the end of the day, he's not a big-armed kid, he's not a bad thrower, but he must be an anticipatory 
timing, precise ball placement thrower to be consistent every week. And in this game, he was not. Now, in all fairness, they were working with a totally reworked tackle group on each side, left tackle and right tackle, and it caused some issues in protection, and he was an uncomfortable player throughout the game. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joining us. Dak Prescott seems to have regressed. Now, it should be pointed out, working in a new tight end, should be pointed out they don't have their starting center. Uh, and, of course, though they, they don't have Des Bryant, there's some good, some bad to it. They threw Des Bryant 133 times last year. So there's right. a volume of throws to throw to somebody. And when we went up to their camp, their whole mantra is, hey, ensemble cast, find the mismatch underneath stuff. Uh, this is going to allow kind of our speed to really kind of be our, uh, you know, be our weapon in that we'll, we'll beat you. Strength will be in numbers. One week in, it sure doesn't seem that way. How did it look on film? And, and you can do that because they faced a Panthers defense that played predominantly zone. So it's not a matter of receivers winning per se. It's a matter of designing route concepts and combinations to beat zone coverage. I don't think the film showed that their coaching staff did a really good job with that in this given game, and I'm sure they're, they're kind of uh, looking at themselves in the mirror and trying to figure that out. Now, having said that, I thought Prescott left some throws on the field when he did not eliminate what wasn't there and isolate what was there quickly enough, and, and he needs to be better at that. I think uh, the term we like to use is a calm helmet. He did not play with a calm helmet. His head was moving too much side to side, and that normally is the indication that a quarterback is not seeing things with clarity. Are the Bills that bad or the Ravens that good? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, off of week one, it's hard to make a definitive judgment. I don't think the Bills have a very talented roster, and I think that games can get away from them just because I don't know if they have the talent to, to hang in if things start to go south. Um, I'm anxious to see the Ravens go forward with their passing game. Um, this particular week, I think they threw the ball 30-plus times in the first half alone, and they did a really good job with play action, and they've certainly increased their, their receiver demand mentions with the players they signed in the offseason so they have theoretically what you would like to have at the receiver position so i'm very anxious to see them going forward i'm also interested to see josh allen against the chargers um look he he might be bad against the chargers but he couldn't be any worse than peterman was either this last week or last year against the chargers but he, he seemed to when he got an opportunity he seemed to make some throws that nathan peterman could make like I know the idea is to sit him, but I do think he's the better option than Nathan Peterman, is he not? Well, the idea always seems to be to sit guys, as we found out with Dave Caldwell on the Jaguars a number of years ago, and he insisted on draft night that Blake Bortles would not see the field as a rookie, and week three he was the starter. So I, same with Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago last year with Mike Glennon. So, you know, those things always happen, and then when a team doesn't do well, it changes immediately. I would expect Josh Allen to be extremely erratic, scattershot at times, make some great plays, but not be a consistent player, and to and the the issue for him is they might not have a, enough team to overcome his inconsistency and erratic nature, and it might make him look worse than he really is. You, you mentioned Trubisky. I thought he looked special. He looked really, really good when they were on schedule. The scripted plays at the start of the game yeah. that, that Nagy had. I felt like when the script ran out, uh, that that's when the clock struck struck midnight, and and he he looked like a guy that wasn't accurate. And that was more of an athlete playing quarterback. Was I missing something? Am I, am I well, missing something? 
I think that with Matt Nagy there and with Mark Helfrich from the Chip Kelly School, that they will have a very schemed offense, Doug. And I think that when they can execute that, in some ways it's like Andy Reid. That's where Matt Nagy uh, comes from. It's just like with Alex Smith. Alex Smith has games where it's he, he was phenomenal because the plays that Andy Reid dialed up broke down the coverage. And then there are other games where, for whatever reason, it didn't, and Alex Smith did not look quite as good. I think Trubisky will be in a similar situation. When they can dial it up and it's there, uh, he'll look really good. Now, theoretically, any quarterback should, but I think Trubisky, particularly at this point in his career, that's the way he will be. Great stuff, as always, Greg. I love your work on the on NFL Films. And, of course, uh, listening to you on with Colin Cowherd. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you stopping by and joining us on my show. All right, Doug, appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And now... <laughs> what does the fuck say? Colin Coward had this to say in regards to John Gruden's image as a quarterback guru. I keep hearing that John Gruden's a quarterback guru. He had nine quarterbacks in Tampa. None developed into stars. He had four quarterbacks in Oakland. Rich Gannon won an MVP the year after Gruden left. You know what I think happened? He was the first TV analyst to really talk only quarterbacks. He created that quarterback camp over at the other place. Now, I talk quarterbacks now. Dilfer talks quarterbacks now. 10, 12 years ago, John Gruden was the first analyst that branded himself, I'm a quarterback guru. And we all know how business works. First in matters. There's a lot of delivery companies out there, but UPS was the first one. And here's the irony of it. There is a quarterback guru in the National Football League, and there's nobody close to him. Oh, my bad. There is one guy close to him. Geographically, Kyle Shanahan lives across the bridge from the quarterback guru. Kyle Shanahan turned Matt Schaub into a pro bowler, bust RG3 into rookie of the year. He turned Matt Ryan into an MVP. And Jimmy Garoppolo last year was 5-0 and with him. Yeah, but before we go crazy on, on, uh, on Kyle Shanahan, remember, he couldn't fix RG3. Right. Like RG three went from he, he had an, a dynamic rookie year, but he didn't make him in to a consistently great quarterback. Schaub was surrounded by incredible talent when he was with the Texans, but he didn't develop into a step. I mean, that wasn't that Collins big point didn't develop him. Like at some point, the player has to become better than the system. And you can say that that Gruden wasn't there for Rich Gannon's MVP run, but that was all because of his work with John Gruden. And you can point out the nine quarterbacks they went through in Tampa, but that was after Rob Johnson came back down to earth after winning a Super Bowl. Uh, not Rob Johnson, was it um, Brad Johnson? Rob Johnson, another former quarterback in the NFL, SC guy, Buffalo Bills. But after Brad Johnson came back down to earth, their search for another one led to guys like Chris Sims, who they drafted and then were injured. Like, it's really easy to run through the numbers. But the truth is that Gruden comes from the Andy Reid school. Andy Reid's also a quarterback guru, by the way, and a really, really good one. Do you know when Andy Reid fixed Donovan McNabb, do you know who his offensive coordinator was? John Gruden. (laughs) So, um... And Reed's had, you know, Kevin Cobb had his best success in the NFL with Andy Reed. Alex Smith had great success. Pat Mahomes had great success. But at some point, the player's ability does, in fact, matter. 
I would say this. I thought Derek Carr looked great when they were on script. And when they got off script, suddenly the old flaws from the previous couple years came to a head. He was nervous in the pocket. He didn't hold it and show great fortitude and throw downfield. That's not coaching. That's the player. And we'll see how John Gruden challenging his quarterback, as he has done saying, Amari Cooper needs the ball more, plays out in Oakland. I think he's a really good football mind. Overall, very good football mind. And he has a well-established reputation as a guy who knows good quarterbacks. Can he develop Derek Carr into one? I don't know. But some of that is just as much as on Carr is on Gruden. It's like, here's how much John Gruden's stamp was left on the Oakland Raiders. Do you guys remember the story of when they played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl? They had no chance because they hadn't changed any of the plays or any of the calls, hand signals, or audibles since John Gruden was the coach. In other words, John Gruden knew that his system, however good it was, they knew the system so they could beat it. But it did get him to a Super Bowl and nearly got to one when Gruden was there and, of course, the tuck rule. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.